This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat here on this Monday morning, December 6th of 2021, a beautiful Monday. If you're a fan of Pittsburgh sports, it was a great weekend. Any great weekend. Any Pittsburgh sports. What did the Pirates do? They didn't do anything. They traded Jacob Stallings like a week and a half ago, but that was it. It's in the past. Yeah. Uh Danny Murtaugh was here. Here's your Pirate update for the weekend. Danny Murtaugh was up for consideration for the Hall of Fame. There's there your you Pirates go. update. That's a good thing. Other than that, yeah, good week to be a Pittsburgh sports fan. All the way down to the women's volleyball at uh, Pitt, beating Penn State. So, uh, yeah, fun stuff. Obviously, Pitt football winning the ACC championship over Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett securing his spot for the Heisman Trophy with a fake slide. Uh <laughs> The Penguins looking damn good against a bad team, but still looking good. Jake Gensel looked good. How about that? Let's put it there. And then the Steelers in what could be Ben Roethlisberger's last ride. Yeah. A, a, a big win at home against Baltimore. So great stuff. If this was a Steelers podcast, we would be going on about how Ben Roethlisberger's full of shit. I do think it's his last season, but it, it, I, I think he's full of shit. The timing of that. Clearly the only reason that story got out and it was orchestrated by him. But uh, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins because they put an end to the sadness and despair in Vancouver. They beat them 4-1 on Saturday, and we'll talk about that game specifically. Beat them 4-1 on Saturday, and now all of Vancouver has blown up. Front office, coaching staff, changes are coming in Vancouver, and it's, it's pretty long overdue, especially the Jim Benning news. Oh, yeah, it's... It's all overdue. It, it's. I saw a tweet this morning that was, um, what is? I forget what the percentage was. Like twenty something percent of Canadian hockey team GMs have been fired the the day after the the game following a Penguins game. Yeah. Because yeah, Montreal won, but they got rid of Bergevin the next day, mm-hmm. and then while well, this one had a couple of had a day long uh, lag, still they got rid of. Um, Benning, Bim, the the game after. So yeah, Penguins out. Be worried, every Canadian team. <laughs> if my memory serves me correct, a couple years ago, the Penguins blew out the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then the Maple Leafs went and lost a game to Vegas, and then Mike Babcock was fired. Ah, uh, yeah, but in that game to Vegas, Flurry made that huge save. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the catalyst and not the Penguin game. But, hey, you know what? Still, it's in there. It's involved. Closely connected. Closely. Just it's the the margin of separation, whatever that's called. The three degrees of separation. Yeah, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> so what we're going to do in this episode is we're already kind of off and running. But what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to check in on the Penguins road trip as they are more than halfway through it now. Only a couple games remain before they return home this pa- this coming Saturday to unveil their new third jerseys, nonetheless, against the Anaheim Ducks. But we're going to check in on the road trip. In our second segment, Horwath has a trade. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And then in the last segment, we're going to do our weekly Pens poll and kind of have a throwback to last week because a lot of you actually submitted comments and stuff like that after the fact whenever we posted the YouTube video last week. So we definitely want to give credence to all of your comments there and specifically one that we missed initially from one of our most loyal fans. So we'll get to all of that. Loyal listeners. I don't want to say fans. It's weird to me to say that we have fans because I don't think we do. We have listeners. We have people that are like, okay, I don't hate the sound of their voices, but we don't have fans in my opinion. It's it's listeners and friends of the show. At our stage, it's it's a little pompous to say fan. Yeah, it is. It is. The only person that I can say with genuine belief that is a fan, there's actually a couple people, but it's specifically uh, my fiance Kayla. Yes. Your girlfriend, Megan. And our parents. <laughs> that, sound, that sounds like the list. I don't know. I get asked by my parents all the time. You still doing that podcast thing? <laughs> yes, guys. I, I am. Twice a week. Uh, yeah. Thank you for at least reading my stuff. And mm-hmm. maybe I should start tagging the podcast in those stories. I have to actually see if I can do that. 
Mm. But yes. Um, yeah, I still get asked by my parents when doing this. So That's fine. My mom has like a deep-seated love for Isha Jerome and for Neil Villapiano. Every time I'm home, she's like, oh, by the way, I love Isha and, and, and Neil Villapiano. She goes, Neil, I, lo- I love his last name. I like his show. I like his voice. She's like, he just, you would think he'd look like an Italian mobster, though. And he, he looks like such an innocent young boy. And I'm like, okay. He looks like the before of the Italian mob. Like, Yeah, he looks like the many saints of New York. Yes. Italian mob. Yes. Exactly. But uh, let's get back on track here talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're kind of, you know, it's Monday morning. I haven't talked to you. I'm an old man now. I'm 25. So that's that's an, another story. Birthday to the, to the recording. Yes. Thank you very much. But um, yeah, no, we're uh, we're full of energy on this Monday morning as I see you slurping down some coffee here. It's hot. It's hot coffee today. So The coffee is good. It's very good. It's peppermint from Target. Go oh, get yourself geez. some peppermint coffee peppermint. from Target. <laughs> I don't like peppermint, but uh, I also don't like coffee, so uh, people can roast me for that. But uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, that's where we're at. This is a Penguins hockey podcast, but uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins, 1-1-1 one, one, and one on their current road trip. you got to love the consistency of that little figure there. After, obviously, the 2-1 to one shootout loss to the Flames to start it off, we already discussed that. The Penguins on Wednesday took a 5-2 to two loss to the Edmonton Oilers in the first matchup of Crosby versus McDavid this season. And uh, yeah, Connor McDavid got the best of it. You know, you mentioned last week on the show that you know it always seems like the Penguins are able to, to stiffen Connor McDavid a little bit, kind of slow him down a little bit. Well, uh, on Wednesday that didn't happen. A four-point night, three assists, and tallied the last goal. So, did you see some of the running stats during that they were showing during that game? Mm. I guess not. You said you didn't watch a lot. Yeah, I didn't watch it live. No. Um. They showed, excuse me, since the year 2000, I think it was, they showed that the Penguins' record against Edmonton is phenomenal. Like, we've only lost in regulation three times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and McDavid, I think, has only beaten us once before this game. And while he has 10 points in about seven games against us, mm-hmm. it's an odd number. I forget what it is exactly. Um, he had only collected, like, one win. So the fact mm-hmm. that... We have been able to not necessarily stifle his point scoring ability. No one can do that. But we've stopped his team from winning for quite a long time now. Um, those are numbers I would have to look into again. But we are, are usually fairly good against the Edmonton Oilers and Connor mm-hmm. McDavid. This was just one game where Edmonton's a, somehow, finally, it's about time, a different team this year. Yeah. I mean, again, we'll see what it does in the playoffs. But I think the Penguins can say the same thing. We'll see what we look like in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But for now, Edmonton, they look like what they're supposed to look like. Maybe just sans a name goalie. Yeah, no, it's it's something that finally this year, I mean, you mentioned that since 2000. I mean, Edmonton had a, a team go to the Stanley Cup Finals in that time. Went through one of the worst stretches any NHL franchise really has gone through where they had five first overall picks. And they're finally out on the other end of that. Obviously, McDavid drafted in 2015. And they still haven't been able to be really that good since. This year is finally a year where you're saying, okay, Edmonton is a top... They're a top five team in the NHL. I did my power rankings on the other my other podcast, the Hockey Hotbed. And I have Edmonton at, I believe, number two or number three. Sounds one of, about right. One of those two. I have them up there. So... I mean, they're, they're one of the top teams right now in the National Hockey League. And the Penguins, while they were in that game, let's not forget the fact that it was 2-2 two to two heading into the third period. Yeah. I so, only saw, caught like a, some of the second part of the third. And, yeah, it was at least close. <clears throat> Seems like we had a chance at it because we were playing that team really well. I mean, Cody Cece is kind of not the same Cody Cece anymore. But, you know, I don't think we expected him to be. Yeah. Um, the only other tidbit from this game that I wanted to mention, it is the first time since November 16th that Tristan Jari allowed more than one goal in a game. And that was the 2-1 to loss on a Tuesday night to the Buffalo Sabres at home that kind of kick-started this entire mini-run for Tristan Jari of just absolute dominance in the crease. So he gets, uh, he gets Connor McDavided. He gets bodied by Connor McDavid, similar to uh, some player over the weekend where McDavid got a, a five-minute match. But uh, let's move on because that Edmund game was last Wednesday. It's really weird talking about a game that happened almost a calendar, like a whole week ago. But it's just in that weird situation where it was a late night Wednesday game when we had already recorded the Thursday podcast. But let's talk about 
yeah, let's talk about Saturday's win for the Pittsburgh Penguins because it seems as if on this road trip, one of the worst performances in recent memory against the Flames to start. A better performance, but still a regulation loss to the Edmonton Oilers in Game 2. Game 3, albeit against Dumpster Fire Vancouver this year, 4-1 to win, you do all the right things. Jake Gensel gets a hat trick. He's actively on a 12-game point streak heading into tonight's matchup, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. And for the season, he has 13 goals and 24 points. Pretty much a point a game. Yeah, that's where we want him to be. That's exactly where he should have been. Mm -hmm. And Sidney Crosby also has another three-point night. So he's starting to, with more regularity, score on multi-point nights for Sid. Yeah, they uh, Sid's got to hit that point of game pace again. We, he's got something to work for. Whereas yeah. Gensel, this is just kind of what we expected and what we wanted. And it's good to finally see all of those things coming together. Crosby in the in 12 games is 11 points. Mm-hmm. Hey. <clears throat> we know what that means. He's probably going to jump it and be fine. Then there's Gensel in 23 games, 24 points, 13 goals, 11 assists. 11 assists. Um, This is impressive. Mm-hmm. This is impressive watching these guys finally – wheel it around and be who those two are supposed to be, even if they are playing with Evan Rodriguez. Hey, listen, we got to stop knocking Evan Rodriguez. No, we do. We honestly do at this point. I mean, we know it can't last forever, but. Yeah, there's going to be a regression to the mean for him. But uh, at, at the time being, listen, he's the guy to put up there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because Brian Russ is hurt. Who else are you going to stick in there? Uh, I mean, there, there's other options. Don't get me wrong. If Evan Rodriguez, you know, does have that regression of the mean and crashes down to earth like, you know, Icarus in Greek mythology or whatever, flew too close to the sun, which is Sidney Crosby in this aspect. If that happens, you have options. You know, let's see Dan Heinen up there. I mean, Danny Sherry Irving had a tweet that said, if I was Mike Sullivan, I would simply play Dan Heinen more than 12 minutes a game. And then I, we, we tweeted, the e- oh, that was easy. Yeah, that's an easy fix right there. Um so, yeah, you could do Dan Heinen. You could throw up Jason Zucker. You could throw up Kasperi Kapanen. You could throw up Brock McGinn. I mean, there's options there for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and especially guys like McGinn and Heinen. You've never explored those options. So why not give it a shot if something were to happen? But as of right now, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right now, Evan Rodriguez ain't broke. And I also think with the McGinn one, that McGinn, that McGinn blew your nest and resign, though it did get, um, what's it called? Uh broken up a little bit that's the line to really ride with Mm -hmm. so we got our shutdown line back and i think just the danton heinen thing we just want to see him more yeah simple as that so you mentioned uh aston reese bluger and brock mcginn that line the shutdown line for the pittsburgh penguins the analytics line i don't know who wants to coin it somebody needs to coin a name for that line but either way they uh, had an, an inaugural member that they met up with on Sunday evening and that they're going to meet up with again tonight, and that's Brandon Tanev as the Pittsburgh Penguins get set to play the first ever game against the Seattle Kraken franchise tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern time. It's a late-night game, the last late-night game of this long Western North America road trip. It's not even a Western Canada road trip anymore because that's over, but they're playing in Seattle. They have two games left in this road trip, Seattle tonight, and then they have three days off before they come back over to the Eastern Seaboard and take on the Washington Capitals for the second time this season. Horwat, they're 1-1-1 one, one, and one in this road trip. You said on our last episode when we talked, hey, you know, they had a bad game against Calgary, but say they lose one more game and then win out the next three. Is that a successful road trip? And I agreed with you. I said, you know what? It is if that happens. And still, it's alive. They need to win the next two games. But hope is still alive for that prediction that you made. I don't even think it was a prediction. I think you were just flippantly saying it's successful if they can do this. And so far, they've been able to to hold true to that. It was me being positive because I hadn't seen the Flames game and heard how bad it was, but just saw that we managed to take it to a shootout. Yeah. Um, Which, like like I said then, on paper is not terrible. You're pulling a point out of a very good team against a very good goalie who Mm -hmm. stymied you before for no goal. So you managed to get one across. And that's a that's an improvement. Clearly it wasn't. So I was just being positive about that. And now anytime you look at a five game stretch stretch and you say you went three, one, and one, again, on paper, that's really good. Again, mm-hmm. we're not playing paper victories here, but 
it's the paper numbers that get you into the playoffs. Yeah. And if they, if they do end up going 3-1-1, one, and one, which again would mean a win against the Seattle Kraken tonight and a win against the Washington Capitals on Friday, obviously the Capitals' win would be the biggest win of this entire road trip. I mean, you, you beat up on the Vancouver Canucks. Jake Gensel gets a hat-trick. Sidney Crosby scores three goals. Tristan Jari gets that goals allowed back to one in that game. That's a great get-right spot for them. Now they take on the Kraken, who have been playing better as of late. At one point last week, they had won four of five, and since then I haven't really kept track of what the Kraken have done since that game in the middle of last week. But Seattle has started to turn it around. They've started to figure it out a little bit. That's going to be a difficult game, but it's going to be even more difficult in D.C. on Friday. You saw what happened to the Penguins' 6-1 to loss the last time they played Washington, and they were just completely dominated up and down the ice. It was the first game that Sidney Crosby returned from his COVID stint. Now that the Penguins have kind of gotten on a little bit of a roll, they had a really bad game against the Flames, but realistically, they've, in their last 10 games, have performed very well. Honestly, since that Washington game, they have performed very well. We all remember the catalyst was the game after that, the third period against the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, that was it. So, if they end up 3-1-1, and finishing this road trip with a win against Washington on Friday, you can't help but sit there and be like, okay... This team is in a great spot because we mentioned last week, they're in a playoff spot as of right now. They're climbing the standings and the only teams they're behind in the Metropolitan Division are all teams that are considered top 10 in the NHL right now. Yeah, and and one of them is the Rangers. Not that they're a bad team. Clearly, they're phenomenal. 16-4-3 right now, but mm-hmm. that's one of those teams you look at and wonder, can it last forever? Because they're still a young team that mm-hmm. this might be the final year. They'll prove it year where they do it and do something big. But they still have that aura of the last couple seasons on them of what exactly can you do. Mm. Yeah, they haven't been able to show it yet. This is a young team. The rebuild is over. They haven't made the postseason yet. This is their first year of saying, okay, you know what? We're out of the rebuild. The rebuild is not even a thing anymore. It's finished. We are a contender. But it's hard to be a contender when you haven't shown it yet. They're the early stages of that. They're they're the, the Hurricanes from, what, three years ago? Yeah. Do you, by chance, know what their lines look like? Because, the Rangers? Yeah. Like, who's I, playing where? Because I have questions about two young stars on this team. I, I believe Lafreniere is on the second line and Kako. Wow. I don't know how their lineup how their lineup fares, but I, I do know for a, for singularity of, of fact that Igor Shosturkin is an absolute monster in net. I mean, they... they I wasn't even aware of this fact, but I was working and I looked up on TV and NHL Network was showing a comparison between wherever Igor Shosturkin is in his career games played, what his stats are compared to Lungfist's, and they are identical. And that is petrifying as somebody who, you know, growing up saw all of Henrik Lundqvist's career head on as the Penguins were a rival of that team multiple different times. Yeah, I... Shesterkin's being nutty right now. And I was just want, I was just curious because the team's being led by Panarin, Fox, and Kreider, which is what you expect. But Lafreniere's only got six points in 23 games. Woof, man, woof. Yeah. Um, let me try to look up and find... I can't remember the... Oh, it's, never mind. It's Daily Faceoff. I'll pull that up really quickly if you, want, if you want to discuss a little bit about tonight's matchup with Seattle. The Seattle game. Oh, what should have been the Seattle grunge or the totems, but we got the crack and we love it anyway. Um, it's going to be the game where a lot of, I don't know how to put it, a lot of Twitter Pens fans are going to be eyeing up what Tanev is doing on this team. I think whenever the Penguin social media was sharing the photos of Tanev hanging out with the team, where the hell was Jared McCann in all of this? That's another name to watch know. with the Kraken, huh? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep an eye on McCann. Yeah, like... Who has over 10 goals already this year. <laughs> oh, so he's the dangerous one, I see. Yeah, he's also a power play specialist there now. But you know what? Our penalty kills bonkers. Our penalty kills bonkers. When's the last time we gave up a power play goal? If you say Edmonton, I'm going to shoot because... Uh, it might have been. I don't know. It's been a while, I feel like, because... Uh, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head for sure. No, I don't think it was. We still only have five power play, go- power play goals against in 61 attempts. We're at a 91.8... Uh, penalty kill percentage first mm-hmm. in the league obviously and the second is 87 we're good yeah. we got some yeah. you gotta give credit where credit is due Mike Vellucci has done a great job with this group yeah wow so uh, no that game tonight it's Seattle listen the way they're built 
is to not give up many goals and to score just enough. I feel like I'm a broken record when I talk about Seattle. That's how they're built. That's not how it's gone. Their goaltending has not been great. I mean, Philip Grubauer struggled to get off the bench, or struggled off the start. Uh, off the bench, Chris Drieger struggled off the start. But, I mean, you have eventually you look at the talent that those two guys have, eventually they're going to be able to put it together. So. You would hope so. For the sake of that team, I mean, I think it's been said a thousand times, the, uh, the, the Knights screwed them there. Oh, yeah. The Knights really screwed them, and they, they're not allowed to have a mediocre to bad season. Because I mean, they should be. Yeah. Also, wow, this injury list right now. Drieger, Eberle, Giordano, and COVID protocol. Probably, he might be out of it by then. Um, Cal Yarncroak and Jaden Schwartz. Are all those active injuries? Uh, I don't know. What are you looking on? I'm on Hockey Reference, and it's those are usually active. I'm trying to check the dates. Yeah, Hockey Reference is usually pretty active with that stuff, but... Um, no, it should be a good game against Seattle. It's always interesting with them because you don't really know. I mean, they're trying to play a more defensive style of hockey because that's the Pacific Division right now. But, uh, you know, how, how well does it work? I don't know. They got a big decor. That's the big thing. It's not going to be easy to get in the net front, especially for a guy like Jake Gensel, who is made, starting to make a career out of it. I mean, the guy is still hanging around the front of the net like he did last season. But this year, obviously, 12-game point streak, a lot of deflection goals. He's, uh, he's starting to make it his home. Not completely comfortable there yet, but he's starting to make it his home. It's going to be tough against guys like Adam Larson and Big Rig Jamie Alexiak. It's not going to not gonna be an easy, easy feat there. No, it won't be, but um, hopefully there's a way to break him. <clears throat> so before we head to break and come back with Horwat has a trade, here are the line combinations for the New York Rangers. Just uh, out of curiosity, we looked this up, and it is Kreider's Abenajad Kako is the first line. Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, and Dryden Hunt is the second line. Alexi Lafreniere, Philip Heedle, and Julian Gauthier is the third line. I forgot about Philip Heedle. Yeah. And the fourth line, Kevin Rooney, back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Barclay Goodrow, Mm -hmm. and former Pittsburgh Penguin Ryan Reeves. Reeves. So that that is the Rangers forward lineup according to Daily Faceoff as of right now. No wonder Lafreniere only has six points. <laughs> I mean, listen, he, eventually he's going to have to, like, have it click, right? Uh, like, Kako hasn't clicked yet, and he's on the first line. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, oh, well. We'll see what happens there. Eventually the Penguins will play the Rangers, and we'll have to talk more about that. But for right now, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, Horwood has a trade. We'll be right back. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. I'm sporting my DraftKings beanie that I've had for longer than they have sponsored us, so this is not free merch, I promise you that. But uh, use promo code THPN, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, for great odds and opportunities. That's that's definitely something that you should be doing. But here we are in the second segment of this show. Horwat, you have a trade. Not to announce, ah. but to throw out there as a potential trade target. Oh, absolutely to throw out there, because someone that we have both enjoyed watching, despite him being on a very not fun team to watch against the Penguins. 
Uh, Jake DeBrusque has requested a trade out of out of Boston, which apparently he did a long time ago, but mm-hmm. um, has kind of stuck around to try and compete because he is a good player on that team. He just hasn't had the same success uh, as previous seasons. But finally, things are coming to a bit of a head there, and the real attempts are being made to get Jake DeBrusque out of Boston for whatever reason it may be. Now, he hasn't had the greatest of starts this season, but the he wants to be traded specifically for new surroundings, and that always helps a player. What better surroundings than the Pittsburgh Penguins for Jake DeBrusque because it is a player that me and you have both agreed on, would enjoy on this team. I mean, that Boston itch can really – that's a good little thing to have. Mm-hmm. Bring it any every team should have that little Boston. Uh, I don't even know how to put it, but like the way Boston plays, every team should have one or two players that can do that. I was about to say, please don't call it the Boston itch. You're going to make it seem like they all have like syphilis or something up there. Oh, it's <laughs> just that like gritty, grimy sort of style that they're they don't give a shit. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. The now, swagger. They, yeah, now Jake DeBrusk, it's not he, not that he's the biggest player in the world, but he's he's he can be capable of doing something. Now, I don't know too much of the Boston end of things. I took it out of my story that I wrote. You can take a look at it. Berlanski, you'll have those notes, but I have names. Names that can go the other way because I figured that would be interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Who? Because the Penguins, as of right now, they, they're not a team that needs to make a trade. They don't need to. Mm-mm. This, I just kind of lofted out there as a, it's inevitable. Trades are going to happen no matter the team, the, no matter the team, the sport, or the year. Trades are bound to happen, so why not make the best of a trade that can happen, and that is adding Jake DeBrusque for, let's start with the discussion of Kasperi Kapanen, because while everybody wanted him to be the breakout player for the Penguins this year, uh, it really hasn't happened. Mm-hmm been a little inconsistent he's in a contract here and i mentioned kapanen first because debrusque and kapanen whether you like it or not are identical players they're both 25 in the last year of an rfa deal they're both making just about the same amount of money at three something million and if you go even further and look at their stats they're also identical in the matter of DeBrusque has played 261 career games for 140 points. Kapanen, 264 for 134. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's close. That's very yeah. close. So it's not game-changing. The only thing that might be different about them is that uh, DeBrusque is a left-handed shot and mm-hmm. I think a different wing. But again, with the amount of depth and maneuverability this lineup has on the Penguins, you can make it work. Slide them in somewhere. I want to hear your thoughts on the Kapanen trade. Uh, Kapanen for DeBrusque would certainly be interesting. Uh, the trade would be one for one from what I've... I don't know any extra details of everything, but the way yeah. they're so identical, one for one makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and honestly, you're right on track with what Boston seems like they're looking for because reportedly there have been over 12 teams that have inquired about DeBrusque. But, I mean, the Bruins are not going to rush to make this trade. From, from all intents and purposes, what we've heard from is the Bruins, they're going to take their time and make sure this is a good trade because... You know, they still think very highly of Jake DeBrusque. I mean, they're sad to see that he wants a trade, obviously. But DeBrusque has struggled, and they still think highly of him. They think he's a good player, which should also be a red flag that, hey, he's a good player. Like, this is just a slow—he just needs new surroundings for the most part. So the fact that the Bruins, they're going to take their time, they're going to try to get something back because they're not a rebuilding team. This is a team that's trying to go for it. So according to Elliot Friedman— they're supposedly looking for a player player of equal value. Hey! So that goes hand-in-hand hand with you saying, you know, DeBrusque, Kapanen, they're basically the same player at this point. Now, they're, they're an NHL-caliber forward. That's what the Bruins are looking for in return. Now, the only thing that would kind of go against your story is the fact that I haven't seen the Penguins in the mix yet. I've seen other names. I've seen, obviously, Arizona. The Rangers have been involved. I've seen Vancouver be involved as well. Uh, just about five or six names that have been thrown out by reporters. I have not seen the Penguins yet, but that does not mean that they haven't inquired. I mean, 12 teams is over a third of the league. So there's a good chance that the Penguins are part of that list. Like I mentioned, it's just like the Penguins aren't a team that needs to make a trade. It's just there's Mm -hmm. always room for improvement. Even the best teams can have Mm -hmm. more good players and can improve. So um, it's just a quick little little note. Um, 
more names that I did mention. Let's see. I'll, let's go to the Casey DeSmith one because that's a fun one. Because Casey DeSmith, let's just tell it like it is. Um, we don't want to see him around too much longer anyway. He's going to get another shot this weekend as there's a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming that's his last chance. I At least from my end, I would like it to be his last chance. <laughs> and this was also a deal that the Penguins would, you know, pick up DeBrusque and not a goalie because we can fill that backup goalie role in-house because Jari's mm-hmm. playing phenomenally. We don't need a top-tier you know, upper echelon backup. We got Louis Domingue in the minors floating around, who at one point was 21 and five, remember? Yeah. So he's he's been there. He's done that. And why not give him his, you know, another chance at the NHL? I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, Tristan Jari's playing phenomenally. We don't need the top tier backup. Louis Domingue can handle it. And we added Jake DeBrusque in the lineup. Now, with that, you got to make some tough decisions on who's going where because you haven't subtracted a forward. Yeah. And that's when it gets difficult, but um, it's a weird, good problem to have. Again, this is just a short one of, hey, let's just get to Smith out of here because, damn it, we want him out of here. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it would be probably Dom Simone, I would imagine. But uh, looking at the schedule, though, for the Penguins, you know, and I don't want to get too deep into this because, you know, Casey DeSmith, we talked about him last week. We're going to mention him a little bit. Yeah in our pens poll for this week, but the penguins play tonight against the Kraken. They have three days off then before that back-to-back and that back-to-back is back. I mean, you have the capitals and the ducks. Those are two teams that are playing pretty good this season. I could see Tristan Jari. If he's not completely overworked on Friday, I could see him playing both of those games. Cause then after that, they still have two days off and that's the start. Once they come back from DC on the 11th, they're home for about 10 days before going back out on the road. And that next road game is not is only New Jersey. So I could definitely see them riding Tristan Jari on Friday and Saturday, which we won't preview that because we still have a Thursday episode to do. But yeah, there's there's a chance that we still don't see DeSmith this weekend. Wow. All right. Um, still, it's it's just, we don't want to see DeSmith, I guess. You know, it's as plain and simple as that. I want to see him perform better. I do. But the way Tristan Jari is playing... If you see the fact that it says Casey DeSmith is starting a net, you're going to be like, oh, damn. Yep. Not that he hasn't been good historically, but it's just the fact that the way Tristan Jari is playing right now, you want to win every game. If you're a fan, you want to see your team win every game. And if DeSmith is in over Jari right now, you just know it's like, okay, this is going to be an uphill battle from the start. Yeah, you want your your better chance to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to ruffle some feathers with this next name and say Brian Rust? Yeah, we'll we'll do. I don't want you to give your entire your your entire story away, but let's talk about Brian Russ. I'll leave. We'll leave this as like the last one, okay? Uh, because the other two, well, the other one makes sense, and the other one might be a little interesting. But Brian Rust, um, because this one just might be a hard pill to swallow. Has been inconsistent most of his career here. Yeah, let's like we can't. Like, yes, he's one of the better goal scorers on the team, but that's when he is on. Mm-hmm. But when he's off, he is off, and it's not pretty. Uh, he's also injured quite a lot. Yeah, uh, you probably couldn't trade him now because he's injured. But no. But may I also add in last year of a contract? I believe is going to be the UFA. Yeah. But he's going to be able to request a boatload of money, mm-hmm. despite inconsistencies and injuries. And he's going to be thirty. So why not subtract five years for Jake DeBrusk and stick him on the wing with Crosby? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the immediate return would be, but for someone who's on the wrong side of 30, going to be requesting a ton of money and is very inconsistent, there it might be a hard pill to swallow on Pittsburgh, but Brian Russ does not stick around too much longer, I think, just because of, I don't know, we you got to hope those inconsistencies go away whenever he returns from injury. He's got to earn it, I think. I mean, yeah, he's... We're going to want to keep him, but still. Yeah, he's gotten off to a rough start this season. I mean, you also think the fact that I believe this is his second stint on the injured reserve this year. So he's already faced injuries this year. When he's played, he has two goals. One of them was, against, one of them was an empty netter against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the, in the opening game. So he's had a bad season. Yep. Plus he's been injured in a contract year where he's still going to be able to, and his agent, and and don't think they won't, his agent's going to point to the fact that says, last year and the year before that, 
my client, Brian Rust, would have been a 30-goal scorer if it was not for COVID. Oh, absolutely. If you played 82 games, he would have been a 30-goal scorer twice for you. And he's already making, what, $3.5 million? Yep, three and a half. He's gonna re- he's gonna request Jake Gensel money, and he does not like. Let let's just do this from a fact. I love Brian Russ first and foremost, but Brian Russ versus Jake Gensel, who's the better player? Oh, uh, Jake Gensel. Should Brian Russ, in any sense of the word, get paid more than Jake Gensel? Probably not. No. No, there is not a not a world where the Penguins should be paying Brian Rust more than they're paying Jake Gensel. You want to know why? Because Brian Rust is a speedy trigger man. That is what he is. Jake Gensel is a trigger man. He's a setup man. And he's the best person to play with Sidney Crosby, probably in the history of his career. Yeah. <clears throat> There's no way you pay anybody more than that guy if their name is not Malkin, Crosby, Latang, or potentially a goaltender. Potentially a Tristan Jari type. Yeah. So, are you going to want to pay... Brian Rust? I don't know. That's a question for a little bit later. But is he on a trade block? Listen, if the Penguins are out of it, he's certainly, he's definitely, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But currently the Penguins are in it. So that's, that's when the question becomes, do you keep a guy you've won two cups with or do you move on from him to try to help in other areas? You see, the interesting, the interesting thing is the Penguins are in it, but Brian Rust hasn't been in it. He's been hurt. Like we mentioned, two stints on the, uh, on the IR. He's only Mm -hmm. played 12 games. Yeah. And while they are wins he's playing in, mostly. Ooh. Mm. Now we've had some losses with him, too. Mm-hmm. We're about 500 with him in the lineup this year. Just three overtime losses, three regulars, and, yeah, five, three, and two. Five, three, and three. Six, three, and three with him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. Hey. And, tw- and what, nine points? He has, what, two goals, seven assists? Nine points in 12 games. Man, I don't know. I yeah. we I'm, Maybe this is me trying to, like, get used to the fact that Brian Russ might not be on this team because we do like him, but he is 30 and is no longer really progressing into the player he can be. He's there. He's at mm-hmm. his point. He's going to be, like you said, the speedy trigger man. Mm-hmm. I mean, as of right now, the Penguins have three top six wingers that are underperforming. Let's be completely honest. Rust, Kapanen, and and Zucker are all underperforming as far as goals are concerned. So something's got to change there. And is that DeBrusque? Uh, maybe. I mean, if it gets into a bidding war, the Penguins, you know, Ron Hextall, he's not gonna he's not gonna get into a bidding war over anybody, especially a guy like Jake DeBrusque when he has to give up an NHL talented guy. But um, we'll see what happens with that situation. Obviously, like we said, the Bruins they're not in a rush, so this is something that could go on for the next month and a half, two months. Yeah, and something I did want to ask whenever we were talking about the DeSmith thing. I know DeSmith is a backup, but what is going on with Tuka Rask exactly? Uh, he's currently unsigned, but he's also recovering from an injury. Yeah, I knew he was So unsigned. when he comes back from injury, he wants to play for Boston. Yeah. He, he would like to play for Boston, but he's not 100% stuck on Boston, is, is the latest we've heard. I mean, we haven't heard much about Tuka Rask because he's still recovering, but he said he, he would love to play for Boston. Previous reports were that he would only play for Boston, but he it did come out that he said, you know what, I if Boston does not want me, then I would play for I would consider playing for another team. I don't know. But then they picked up Allmark, right? Uh, they have Linus Allmark and they have Jeremy Swayman that are actually doing a pretty decent job there, half decent. Um, the, the the record may not totally show it, but yes. Um, they've also had no secondary scoring, so yeah. So it's the DeSmith one. It's it's an interesting one because we know DeSmith is just a backup, and they're about to have if win slash if big question mark if uh, two grass comes back, they have a one A one B. Boom. They're not doing starter backup. Yeah. And then what do they do with Swayman, who they really like? Yeah, that and I'm not sure how much pool a guy like DeSmith has for anything right now. Right. It's just I just throw him in to throw him in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also another thing about the Penguins, we have it's a lot of players. I gotta find it. I think it's like fourteen NHL contracts up at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Fifteen. Yeah, that's whew, that's a lot. Yeah, Hextall and Burke are gonna be able to mold this team into whatever they want after this year. Yeah. 
So everyone strap in. We said last offseason was going to be interesting, and it kind of was. Mm-hmm. This one might be a real one, though, because we have so many contracts up. A lot of them are red UFAs, mm-hmm. and some big names are up. I eat Latang, Malkin, Rust, Kavanaugh, who's a blue RFA, but stuff to watch. Mm-hmm. Could be a different team. And yep. Maybe DeBrus can be part of it. It's a great way to end this segment, but we are going to take a quick break when we return. We're going to talk about our Pens poll from this week and our Pens poll from last week because we need a couple shout-outs here before the end of this episode. So we'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Once again, I'll say it every single time we come out of break. As long as you do it, just listen to my voice. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get great odds and opportunities. It's that simple. It's that simple. I don't know why I'm whispering. But uh, we literally had somebody comment on YouTube that says, our, our volume is a little too low on Spotify, and I start whispering in the next episode. I feel bad, but uh, we're we're fixing that in post. Don't worry. I feel like you will be able to hear us. Uh, yeah, we'll, I'll fix that in post. We'll see. We'll see it. If you have notes, let me know. Um, but before we get into this week's pens poll, we wanted to talk about the responses to our YouTube video of last week's pens poll. We don't always post the pens poll on YouTube, but last week it was a fun discussion about which former penguin do you miss most. So we posted that. And after the fact, all the comments on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, we got a lot of responses about players that weren't necessarily on that poll, but players that people miss. And we wanted to mention it. Obviously, we talked about earlier one of our most loyal listeners, and that's Allie on Twitter. She mentioned Carl Hagelin. And you know what? I should have brought it up, especially Carl Hagelin. I mean, I still have and actively wear a Pittsburgh Penguins Carl Hagelin jersey because I enjoyed watching him play the game. I, I'm still a fan of Carl Hagelin, even though he wears those ugly red sweater in the Washington Capitals. So, Allie, great response. I like it. Carl Hagelin, that's a good one. Rory, who also uh, comments on basically everything that we post. Rory on Twitter, he said, Talbot, Dupuis, and Kunitz for going with former players that no longer play. Okay, I, I see it. I like it. It's good, good answers. And then on Facebook... We had over 70 comments. Nice. And this is where it gets fun. <laughs> With a whole host of names. Several, several, several people. And by several, I mean like 30 people. Said Marc-Andre Fleury. Ah, oh, damn it. Well, yeah, but like... Now, I didn't prod to say, okay, do you miss him as a player or a person? Because that's a, that's a conversation. Oh. That's just... That's hitting at thorns, man. That that is a that is just basically like lighting a gas fire underneath the entire city, basically filling all three rivers up with gasoline and throwing a match in, laughing maniacally like the Joker. That's basically what that is. Because you know everyone would just say, "Oh, as a player," and then you could just start digging up old tweets. Like, oh yes, come on now. I don't have the bandwidth to look through all the the flurry would have saved that tweets. Oh man. Should have should have should have kept Flurry over Murray. Should have should have kept Murray over Jari. All these different things. But uh we also had some Alexi Kovalevs. Fuck yeah, great answer. We which, had which, one wait, which tenure which tenure? They just said Alexi Kovalev. They didn't say whether it was the early RoboPen Kovalev for the twenty eleven. I think it was when he came back. Something like that. Uh, we had one single person, like I said, there was over 80 comments on the Facebook post. We had one single person say, I missed Arius Kasparitis. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Islanders fans still miss Casper. Yeah. Uh, so definitely. And that also sparked conversation of people saying, well, I miss Mario Lemieux. And it's like, well, yes, obviously. Okay. <laughs> yeah, obviously you miss the best player of all time. What do you mean? Mario's still around. What are you talking about? Well, miss, miss him on the ice, I think. It's fair. And uh, a lot of people actually said Kevin Stevens as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's another one. And then the the player that I was talking about earlier, just some obscure 
obscure Penguins defenseman from years of past. Mark Eaton is missed by one individual. Mark Eaton of the 2009 Stanley Cup champion team. Cup champion Mark Eaton. Consistent Mark Eaton. It was Mark Eaton and Paul Martin basically became the same person, did they not? Yeah, they did. And Paul Martin deserved a cup in his career, man. He really did. Instead, we took it from him in 2016 when he played for the Sharks. Mark Eaton, I like that answer a hell of a lot. Yeah, nobody said the piece, though. Nobody said Scuds, Rob Scuderi. Oh, his tenure ended too poorly. Well, didn't we trade Rob Scuderi? For Trevor Daly. For Trevor Daly. And then Trevor Daly was, like, a massive part of the 2016 and 17 Cups. Yeah. At least the 16. The 17 Cup, he had a broken foot. That's what I thought, yeah. But, I mean, now Mm -hmm. he's in front office stuff, so. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, it's... Scuderi would have been a good answer, but like I said, his tenure ended too poorly. Yeah, if I'm talking about on ice and personality-wise, Billy Guerin's in that list. Ooh. What? I mean, come on. Has all how, has the, has his investigation wrapped up yet? Uh, listen, I don't know if it has or not. As a player, a player was before he had any authority like that. All right. 2009 Billy Guerin. Okay. You're good. Come at me if you want to. I don't know. Uh, but no, thank you to everybody that submitted those comments and submitted those responses. Allie, once again, sorry for not mentioning it last week because she actually had it on the original post. Um, so, yeah, got, got to give credit where credit's due. But uh, let's talk about this week's Pens poll. And we already talked about DeSmith a lot, so we're probably not going to get into it too much. But uh, do the Penguins need a new backup goaltender? 80, 86% of voters say, yeah, Casey DeSmith is uh, trash. So he needs to go. It's garbage. Uh, our our buddy and former co-host, not of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, but former co-host of Point Park Pens Talk, Woo! where we started our humble beginnings. Jordan Slobodinsky, he is a mark for uh, Casey to Smith. If you don't know wrestling terms, that means big fan. But uh, yeah, he he's a mark for for Casey to Smith, for Casey to Smith, and also for trying to defrost turkeys in a microwave. Yes, um, what, a, what a throwback! Yeah, that was from our very first ever episode. That we talked about that. Um, but yes, 86% of you say Casey the Smith has got to go. Uh, 14% of you said, no, he's, he's good. He's good. He's fine. Some of them, some people said, you know, they haven't given him a chance. To that I say he's a backup goaltender. He's not supposed to get very many chances to get right. So uh, the Stars, I mean, hey, if you want a new backup goaltender, the Stars are reportedly shopping Anton Hudobin. We don't have the room, though, man. We don't have the room, and we also, I mean... Do you really want to trade for Anton Hudobin when you have a perfectly fine Louis Domingue right there? Yeah, exactly. I understand Hudobin's better. Like, if we ship out to Smith, I want picks or, like, Jake DeBrusque or, I don't know, cash space. Like, Give me Casey to Smith for a conditional fifth-round pick, and I'll be happy. Sure, that'll work. If we don't have to retain salary. It's only a year. I would assume someone would take him up for that. Is Buffalo doing okay right now? I saw they had to take take in Malcolm Subban. Yeah, but they just took in Malcolm Subban, so why would they trade? Oh, because they have because the other option is Craig Anderson. Hey, Craig Anderson, he's a pro, man. Consummate professional. He's willing to play in Buffalo. He's a professional. W- willing to play in Buffalo. That is a prerequisite. Most of the time, people aren't. But uh, do the Penguins need a new backup goaltender? Uh, I don't think they need a new one. Like, from out of the... I think they literally should give Louis Domingue. Like, I would say give DeSmith the month. Give him one to two starts this month. Maybe three starts this month. I don't know how many games there are this month right now. But uh, give him two or three starts this month. Not He doesn't even have to win. Like, I understand that's, like, your thing as a backup goaltender. Screw your stats. You win the game, that's fine. If he is hung out to dry and plays well and loses one to nothing, fine. Leave him there. If he loses those two games and looks bad or looks mediocre, it's time to bring up Louis Domingue and give him a shot. Take a look at the hockey reference quality start stat. There's you, there you go. I don't know how they track that, but you know. Quality starts from hockey reference is basically like QBR. Yeah. Like it's it's a made up number. They're like, oh, we we have our we have our ways of figuring out that stat. It's like, no, you don't. It's it's a number. Your stat makers think of that game. Yeah, 
which is the it's which honestly let's just tell it like it is is quality sometimes. Well, yeah, no, that's what I mean. People look at QBR in the NFL basically as the Bible. Yeah, pretty much like that is the end all be all. Which I I still don't understand that stat. I mean, you can have like a hundred up to hundred fifty QBR. Why not just put it out of a hundred? Like, why are we? I know at one point on Sunday, Tyrod Taylor's QBR was at zero point eight. And he finished it at 14 point something before he got injured. Wish Tyrod Taylor once again injured. It's, oh, God. But um, no. To bring it back to hockey, quality starts, that's a little bit easier to understand. It's like, it, it, honestly, it's a perfect combination of the analytical and statistic world meeting the eye test. Yep. That's like the, the only time those two merge to form like a really good stat. Yeah. Is quality starts. So... Uh, check it out on Hockey Reference if you're curious. I would imagine that uh, Tristan Jari's is is pretty high up there at this point. Just uh, when you when you get to dismiss, look for the zero. It's that stat. Yeah, is exactly. Well, he has a lot of zeros, including in the win column. But uh, ah, right, forgot about that one. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. The Penguins play the Seattle Crack in the night, and if you're up and watching the game, it starts at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're watching the game and have a second screen available to you. I will be on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel with another watch-along of this one, a back-to-back tonight of watch-alongs. We have, I believe, Bob Matthews watching along to the Washington Capitals game at 7, and then I'll be on the air for the Penguins versus Kraken game starting a little bit after 10. So uh, tune into that, jump in the comments, drop a like, come join the conversation, because that's basically all I do is I talk hockey with all of the people in the comments section. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you guys on Thursday with a very special guest. Come join us on Thursday. But we won't mention that. We'll let it be a surprise. We'll see you guys then. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from so please subscribe and rate us on apple podcasts we are brought to you by the hockey podcast network you can visit them on twitter at hockeypodnet or at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com every team everywhere